You're listening to the Grow Further Podcast, dedicated to helping you on your journey to get from where you are now to where you want to be. I'm Chris. And I'm Ellie. And we're your hosts. Grow further with us, starting now. All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Grow Further Podcast. Hello. Hello, everybody. This is an episode that we... And I say this every week, but I mean it. <laughs> I mean it every week, but I swear I mean it every week. We're going to take a deeper dive into the topic that we started talking about the last episode, which was around resilience and the recipe of resilience. And Ellie, I mean, if you don't mind for all of our wonderful listeners out there, just in case you did not listen to the previous episode, that's okay. Ellie, do you mind reminding us that what the definition of resilience is, because this is one of those topics that one of those words that I think gets thrown around a lot, but whether or not we know what it really means, I think that's where it gets questionable. Absolutely. So the definition of resilience is the capability to recover quickly from difficulties, grow and thrive in the face of setbacks. And I love how, um, you know, I have a placard in my house, in my kitchen, in fact, and it says grow through what you go through. And I love that because that really is a truncated definition of resilience. But, you know, when we think about it, resilience is made up of a lot of different ingredients. And the ingredient we are going to deep dive into today is self-awareness. For those of you who want to know more about all the ingredients, we highly recommend that you listen to our last episode, The Recipe for Resilience. Um, and we will we do an overview in that episode of all of the ingredients. But today, self-awareness is the main ingredient on our pizza pie. I love it. And self-awareness is my personal favorite, but I'm going to define it for us really quickly. And this definition comes from the University of Pennsylvania. It is the ability to identify your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors while paying particularly close attention to counterproductive patterns in an open and curious manner. So there's a lot to that, Ellie. When I read that definition, what stands out to you? Um, Well, I think about the idea of counterproductive. Um, A lot of times when we talk about resilience, people think just stay positive, just be happy. And happy thoughts. Yeah. And (laughs) it's not about happy thoughts or positive thoughts. It's about productive thoughts and helpful thoughts. Love that. So I want to challenge all of us to think differently about that and think about productivity and helpfulness when we're talking about self-awareness, because self-awareness helps you to have and resilience help you to have more productive and helpful thoughts. There is a quote that I'd love to start us off with, Ellie, that I think really wraps up self-awareness. It starts the conversation really, really nicely building from the definition. And the quote from Maya Angelou is this, you may not control all of the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. So Ellie, when you hear that thought, and I'm going to ask everybody else who just heard that quote, I want you to think about that. What does that quote mean to you? What comes to mind for you when you hear that quote. You may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. For me, it means that stuff will happen. I will have challenges in my life. I will have triggers in my life, but I get to decide how I show up. I get to decide what comes next. And I can either decide, again, to grow 
or I can decide to shrink as a result of any event that happens or anything that happens in my life. And that's what this quote really reminds me of. And I'll share with you, Chris, you know, selfishly, I'm I'm super excited that we're doing this because this is something that I am struggling with right now. I am really struggling with my resilience. And more specifically, I'm struggling with my ability to really separate myself and separate a situation or event that happens from everything that follows. Hey, don't think you're going to get away too quickly. Do you think what you just did is exercising self-awareness, what you just said? To, to me and to everyone else. I mean, the first step to, you know, doing anything about a problem is admitting you have a problem. So yes, I would say that <laughs> I have enough self-awareness to understand that I really stink at this. And it's something that, you know, I'll, I'll share with you. It's something that I need to constantly revisit. So even when I think I've got this under control, this idea of not being reduced by things that happen to me, I find myself faltering every now and again. Yes. Can I can I share with you what comes to mind for me after I read that quote? Yes. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we think about it. Yeah. And that that would you say that's the decision point that you were alluding to earlier? Like deciding whether or not something that happens or something that could happen and not being reduced by that. You said there's a decision point there where you either grow as a result of something that you go through or you don't. Well, Do you think that decision point is in how you interpret what it is that happens? Well, I, the interesting thing, Chris, is that I, I think that in the past or, you know, many of us here in, you know, engaging in this conversation might have a notion that when things happened, happen, we have a, re- a way we respond to them. We, mm, we have interesting. We have, yeah, we have feelings as a result of it. We have responses. We have actions that we take. Our body feels a certain way. But what we negate or what we forget to take pause at is that we don't just go from something happening to the way we show up. We go from something happening to the decision point, which is the way we think about it. That's so fascinating, isn't it? The way, Yes, the way we interpret yeah. it, the story we tell ourselves about yes. what happens. And then that leads us to respond. That leads us to show up in a certain way. And you know why I know that's true, Chris, is because many people can experience the same event and have totally different responses. Yeah, I think that that's true. Can we go with an example? Can we play this yes. out? This just happened to me recently. Yes. Okay. Let's say that a um, you get a text message that there is a surprise birthday party for a really good friend mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. tonight. Wait, you get it? You get it? Right now, and they're telling you it's yes. at 8 p.m. It just tonight. came through to my phone. Okay. Like, hey, we're having this party tonight, surprise party for so-and-so. Um, we'd love to have you there. So that's that's a situation. That's an event, right? That's an event that happened. Mm-hmm. Those are just the facts. So next, you have thoughts. You have an interpretation of that of those facts. You have the story you're gonna tell yourself, your narrative right. about that event. So tell me. What was your narrative? So I could either I could say like, how dare you just text me today? Clearly, you forgot about me. Right. That's going to drive different feelings Mm -hmm. for me versus if I said, oh, man, this is awesome. I was looking forward to doing something tonight. Love this friend. And then immediately go to, well, what do I need to go buy? What am I going to wear versus what is everybody going to wear? 
Is this indoors? Is it outdoors? You know? And so each of those different thoughts that I just shared with you could be from three different people. And that's why one person's going to be excited. One person's going to be moping, disappointed. (laughs) Yep. Disappointed or sad and possibly even angry, depending upon the tone Mm -hmm. that they said that thought. And then another person's going to be anxious. But that's why when you have people sitting around a dinner table or at or at an event, there are people that are experiencing a variety of different emotions all while being at that one place because of different thoughts that they're likely having in that moment. I mean, so yeah, it's it's the, your thoughts have more of an impact on how you feel and what you do than maybe you initially thought. And that is something that I believe that we have influence and that we have control over. However, Ellie, I don't think we have control over every thought. And I think that that would be silly if you all are getting that message from us that to build your self-awareness, you must pay attention to every single thought that happens in your head. It would be no. impossible. You know, uh, I, I looked this up the other day. We have approximately 70,000 thoughts a day, which is why I think it's so important that we recognize that that definition of self-awareness talked about patterns. Because if we did sit here for a day and take an inventory of our thoughts and, and put a, a check mark next in two different columns, a check mark under productive or a check mark under counterproductive, which column would have more check marks? That's what you have to think about. Do I have more? Is my pattern, you know, skewed towards more counterproductive thoughts or is it skewed towards more productive thoughts? And what I'll tell you is that those individuals that have patterns that are skewed towards productive thinking have more resilience. They are more likely to demonstrate more resilience. They're less likely to have to be reduced by by an event that happens to them and more likely to grow as a result of it. Because even a situation that we wouldn't choose to be in, like, you know, you used an example of being invited to a party, right? And there's a lot of ways we can interpret that. Exactly. But that was also like, you know... not high threat. Exactly. It was, it could be interpreted in a variety of different ways, but the challenges that many of, that we and many of the our listeners are having right now spend way beyond that. Yeah. And, and there are, there are, you know, situations which I, if you, if you like took a survey, there are situations that can happen or events that can happen that 99% of people would say are negative or are bad. They would, they would associate mm-hmm. it with a bad connotation versus a good connotation. No matter what that happens to you, it is the way you think about it. It's the story you tell yourself. It's the 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 filter you use that will lead towards how you show up, how you respond, exactly. how you feel, how you act. So, you know, from a standpoint of, of, you know, there's, there's, I'm going to, I'm thinking about the Gottmans, right? We talk about the Gottmans often and they are relationship psychologists, right? And they talk about how in a relationship, any kind of relationship, friendships, romantic relationships, having conflict is not a bad thing, but right. how you repair or, or bounce back from conflict is an important thing. So when you think about that, right, that that a couple might have a disagreement, the situation is whatever the situation is. Say you're talking over one another, right? And that's the facts. You're just, you're not, you're not giving each other space to talk. 
the thinking that you might have about that is that your partner doesn't care about you enough to let you speak or listen. Or you could have thinking they're going to think the way they think. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I say. Like these are the kind of thoughts you can have in the moment of the disagreement. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. you could say, wow, my partner's so passionate about this that they're really trying to get their point across. And that having that thought and then responding in a way that's like, okay, I need to be calm. I need to be curious. I need to listen. That's productive. Right. That would be more productive. That would be more than having the thoughts around like they don't, you know, they don't care. They're just going to respond to me the same way. But and and you know what? Experiences likely drive those those thoughts. Yeah. So I could understand why they're seductive and why it's so easy to get caught up in that. And you and I have talked about this. One of the biggest things that we can do is take a break. So self-awareness is acknowledging that you're not in a space to receive information. Yeah. And right. And you need that you're having those thoughts. You know that they're not helpful. Mm-hmm. And you need a so moment pausing. to process. And you need a moment to process. Yes. So that is exercising self-awareness in the moment, saying like, this is not going well. I am not open to hearing what you're saying. And you and 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 vice versa. We need to take a pause. We need to take a break. And the, yeah, the, that's self-awareness. Yeah. And the point that I was trying to, I think, get to, Chris, is that e- you can even demonstrate self-awareness and have a a productive outcome from something that has a negative connotation to it. So even those, you know, like getting invited to a party, some people might think it's negative. Some people might think it's positive. More than likely when you're having a disagreement with your partner, it can be thought of as negative. Conflict doesn't feel comfortable, but you can have a more productive and helpful outcome based on your thinking, based on your thoughts. Right. Because if I could kept going with the thought of like, it doesn't matter what I say, they don't care about me enough to listen, then what's my response? I might get angry. I might get defensive. I might just storm out. Is that productive? Is that helpful? No. Right. So, you know, because because what you've also said, what we're getting at is that your thoughts drive how you feel and what you do, not situations. Exactly. So when you say you made me feel that's actually not true. No one can make you feel any kind of way. It's the way that you're interpreting what it is that they said or did. That is part of self-awareness. Like we control how we feel more than maybe you thought we did at the start of this podcast, perhaps. Yeah. And I like hearing myself say that because I get caught up in the same thing, Ellie. Just because we talk about it doesn't mean that we be about it all the time because it's really hard to do. But if we are aware that this is something that we're working on, then yeah, we're going to strengthen our foundation of resilience because we're going to be able, better able to identify our thoughts, our emotions, our behaviors, pay close attention to counterproductive patterns while remaining open and curious. You cannot exercise self-awareness without the openness and the curiosity to think about your thinking. And Ellie, you said this beautifully. And focus on whether or not the way you're thinking about something is helping you to not be reduced by that thing. Mm-hmm. Or helping you be reduced by that thing, yeah. right? Is it productive the way that you're thinking about it? Not necessarily positive because positive thoughts don't always equate to great outcomes, especially if they're not wed to reality. Yep. So self-awareness really is about us being able to know that our event, the event that happens, any event that happens or could happen, or could happen because it could be something that you're thinking about future from the future or even the past. Any event is going to lead to you thinking about it in a certain way. 
It's going to lead right. to a narrative and a story in your mind. And that story is based on you. And it's very unique to you. And the other thing that it helps you to recognize is that you can't expect anybody else to think about a situation in the same way that you are. Because which builds empathy. Yes. Which that wasn't even the point yeah. of our episode. But your self-awareness builds empathy for others because if you have an awareness of your own thoughts, emotions, behaviors, then that by default means you're aware that the other person has their own thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. And, and you might not be seeing yeah. the situation the same way. You probably aren't. And they have their own experiences, their own beliefs, their own values. Right. That that really shape how they think about it. Right. Self-awareness is about being able to break those things down and see them as separate parts, being able to say an event happened, how I'm thinking about it is going to lead to how I act on it and how I feel about it. And do I want to act and feel productive, helpful feelings or do I want to be reduced by it? We want to be able to distill it to some tips, some helpful, actionable tips that you can use to enhance your self-awareness and thereby enhance your resilience. So ask yourself a couple of questions. Absolutely. Ask yourself, what am I thinking? Ask yourself, is my thinking realistic? Like, is it wed to reality or am I, am, are my thoughts totally off the radar, right? Which a lot of times they are. Let's be honest. We tell ourselves stories. We fill in gaps. We've talked about this in the past. We should and are talking about it again. We are going to tell ourselves a story, y'all. It's not about whether or not you are. Yeah. It's, or may not be. No, you're definitely telling yourself a story about stuff. And, stories about And things. is your story realistic, right? And the last... Is it based in facts? Exactly. And the last thing is, <laughs> yeah. are, are my thoughts helping or harming my ability to be resilient? Are my thoughts leading to productive or counterproductive actions and emotions? Are my thoughts going to force me to be reduced by this event or force me to rise above? Right. And that can take some time to get there. It, what this doesn't mean is if you're going through a really difficult moment or difficult time that you, that you shouldn't be sad or that you shouldn't be angry. Self-awareness is about identifying what emotional state that you're in. But what I would recommend is staying in one place for too long that's when your resilience can start to become undermined. We are all human. We're going to experience the human experience. But being able to identify where we are is critical to enable us to get to where we need to be in order to live resilience. So with that, we are going to challenge all of you to think about your thinking just a little bit more. So between now and then, grow your self-awareness just a little bit further. We'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Thanks, y'all. This has been a CBS Health production. This episode was produced and edited by Jed Ackerman with digital support from Eva Charbonneau. Listen, follow, and let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Grow Further podcast. See you next time. Mm-hmm.